Welcome, everybody in the world, to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around God's beautiful blue-green orb that we call planet Earth. Mm -hmm. I am I am Michael Dupree, and it is it's my day, guys. <laughs> it is my day. Live your best life. Uh, today is a very special episode. It is January 20th at the time of the release of this episode, and it's the week of my big brother's birthday. So happy birthday to Raymond. Uh, if you're listening to this, your little brother loves you a whole lot. Um, we have a really great show for you guys today. If you've never listened to the Mike of the Brief Friday Hour before, it is an art showcase and comedy show. Where did that whistling come from? It is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, nope, directors, writers, and so much more. Uh, and later on, we have a very fun guest uh, who's neither, none of those things, but he's a police officer. Uh, and he has a great uh, update. <laughs> on a, a, P, a hot case that he's working on. Uh, if you've never listened to it before, it is also the world's only mandatory podcast, so turn yourself in uh, in case you have not listened before. You're going to prison, buddy. <laughs> I hate to tell you. Today we have a very fun show because we have a very fun band on the show. Uh, they are Frank, Jason, and Paul of the band Aviva. Welcome. Thank so, you. Like, Thanks cool. for having us. Yeah. Say all at the same time how you're doing. Three, two, one, go. Terrible. Fantastic. Terrible. Okay, I had my eyes closed. I didn't see you said terrible. Which one was it? It was me. Why? Paul. Oh, because your fl your basement has water in it? Yeah, my basement's got water in it right now. That is a bad that is bad news. Hopefully not in the music room. Not in the music room. Okay, thank God. Not in the music room. Hey, if anything, you have a new indoor pool. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's always a bright side. Uh so let's go around the table. Uh, say who you are, what you do in the band, and <clears throat> if you were stranded on a desert island, uh, who 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 would you uh, bring with you, and who would you, uh, and what would you bring with you? But they all have to be related to uh, the coming up with it on the spot. They all have to have uh, the word Clooney in them. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with you. <laughs> okay. Um, hi, my name is Jason Rowe. I play bass and I share singing duties. And um, yeah, uh, what, what was it again? I have to... You got to bring... <laughs> Let me amend it a little bit. <laughs> because I just realized I was when I was writing this, I put, and if you were stranded on a desert island, and that was the end of what I wrote. <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to think of something more. And I forgot to do that. Hey, so if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only bring one thing, but it has to be something that's going to be ultimately bad for you, what is it? Ultimately bad for me? Yeah. Um, I don't, 
I mean, it's probably like Flaming Hot Cheetos. Yeah. Because See? it's yeah. just like, I mean, I don't know if I could live without them. And it's just like, like yeah. I, it would be terrible for my um, digestive system. Right. But you I like, you'd want to bring like, like a bunch of frozen roast chicken or something like that. I to, mean, that, to survive. Sounds, that sounds logical. But, but no. Flaming Hot Cheetos. But, you know, my dumb ass would immediately think Flaming Hot Cheetos. Like, yeah, this is what I'm going to bring. Hey, if you're going down, go down smiling. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Next up we have... Uh, This is Frank. Frank. Um, I play guitar. I do some vocals. And on a deserted island, I think I'd probably bring um, Reese's Puffs. Reese's? Yeah. We're we're on that processed food favorites. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's horrible for me, but it's just it's so delicious. It so. is very good. And vegan friendly. Yeah. Yeah. True that. Is it? Oh. And vegan friendly. Wow. <laughs> Go Reese's Puffs. Yeah. Are Reese's <laughs> peanut butter cups vegan friendly? Uh, no, unfortunately. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. But Oreos are. Yes, of yes. course. Have you ever thrown Oreos in your Reese's Puff cereal? Whoa. Whoa. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why am I not surprised? <laughs> wow. I've done pretty much, yeah, every, like, combo of like vegan friendly desserts <laughs> I've, I've done a lot of them so you mean breakfast <laughs> yeah, yeah for breakfast for for any meal but oreos and reese's for breakfast oh yeah they're even, great oh yeah even though they have uh, oreos the cereal too yeah it's pretty amazing. yeah the oreo o's yeah what that are was, those i was vegan? on that that train for um, a while i think those are actually oh, okay yeah, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'd be ironic if they weren't <laughs> no yeah exactly right like contains wheat that's what i look for on the uh the ingredients label. <laughs> so. um, and last and perhaps least, uh, we have... <laughs> perhaps, but but not. That's an old bit that I continue to do on the show, and I'm not I'm not taking it away. It's sticking around, guys. <laughs> um, so my name is Paul. Um, I play drums in the band. And um, if I were going to bring one thing to a desert island with me, I would say Jason. Oh. Aww. Wait. So he's ultimately bad for you? He, he's, a, he's, a, <laughs> he's, a, he's a bad influence, but he's a good time. Because he'd have all the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Because he would have all the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. <laughs> oh, you're right. You get two things out of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> See? See, that's smart. You could have just said Aviva. And that would have been kind that's of cheating. No, he doesn't everyone. want Frank. He no, doesn't no, want no, Frank. Just me. Frank. Yeah, I don't want Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um... So let's talk about the band a little bit. Wait a minute. Yeah, we got you. Drums and everything. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so you guys started in 2012 as, was it the band called Spirit of the Thief? That mm-hmm. was, is that right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> and so tell, tell, tell me the story of what, what happened there, uh, what, how that changed and how you guys kind of became, uh, ended up becoming Aviva. So um, we had been playing in a band with uh, Jason and I at the time were in the band. Uh, we had two other friends, Dan and Trevor. Um, and we were kind of just goofing around under the, uh, the band name, the Bofs for the a long Bofs. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of started with, um, I don't, I don't think at the time when we started kind of playing together, I didn't formally play drums and Jason mm-hmm. didn't actually right. formally play bass. Um, but then we kind of, kind of casually. Yeah. And we right. kind of assumed those roles. Um, Dan was guitar, Jason was bass, Trevor sang, and then I had just like a small Yamaha drum kit. Uh, drum pad and um and like that's because paul was also a bassist at the time yeah he had, mm-hmm. he had not really played much drums um mm-hmm. but we couldn't have two bassists and no drummer as much <laughs> as we wanted to uh and is, is there ever any band that has two bassists i can't think uh 
right. Seems like it might be I've overkill. seen Thundercat perform with two other basses. But um, but yeah. Anyway, um, I had been um, really enjoying rock band drums, mm. so I kind of got oh, to heck a, yeah. yeah. So I was playing on expert, <laughs> yep. and, uh, a lot. and yeah, and I kind of transposed those skills over to uh, to an electric kit, um, and then we felt confident enough with me that we moved forward under that project. Um, but then eventually, uh, with that lineup. Uh, Trevor moved on, did other things, but we retained Dan as the guitarist and primary songwriter, Jason on bass, and then me on drums. Um, and then I think it was Jason that brought Frank into the mix. Yeah, I was like, you know, we we were just uh, became a three piece, me, Paul, and our buddy Dan, who, um, and we were like, okay, we want like a lead guitarist and. Uh, we actually all went to the same high school, but we're all different grades. Like, we didn't really talk. Like, we knew each other, but we weren't, like, as high as we are now. And, like, we didn't hang out between classes or anything. But uh, I knew Frank peripherally in the hallways. He was just always a happy-go-lucky guy, and I knew he could <laughs> shred. I think I saw him at, like, a talent show in high school. And then so uh, I was like, I think I know a guy that can play. And, uh yeah, we hit him up and we played with him once, and we're like, yeah. Where, where are you guys? Where are you guys from? Yeah. Originally, uh, Commerce Township, Wald Lake, Wixom, Waltucky. So wait, how, more made up city You guys names. went to the same high school? Oh yeah, I guess that area. Yeah, Wald Lake Central, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at, at that point, after that, uh, Dan ended up leaving, uh, moving, moving out of state. Yeah, so um, so Frank, Jason, and I always had a really tight connection as far as our jamming was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't kind of like with Spare the Thief, Dan was the primary songwriter, mm-hmm. and then we filled in everything else, which was a really great um, way of putting songs together at the time. But then he uh, got married and moved to Texas, um, but us three just felt so tight together still. Um, that we kind of just formed a three-piece on our own. Um, for a while, it was all of us just kind of jamming around together, uh, mm-hmm. doing some covers, and we were kind of just playing under the uh, the name Charlie's Orchard for a while, mm. just while we were <laughs> jamming but not really playing shows or doing anything too serious. I feel like every band has like 10 band yeah. names that cycle <laughs> yeah. through. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then we eventually just, yeah, solidified the three of us and Frank and I both emerged as like growing singers and songwriters and that was something you know Frank used to be very mic shy but now we can't get him to shut up right (laughs) 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 oh man a lot of yeah like our first gig with Spread of Thief I remember it was uh, Billy's tipping in yeah in White Lake and like literally I was just like staring at Paul playing drums he would turn around (laughs) so everyone just only saw his back well yeah I mean it was like you know that was always a thing like I I have a you know I I love writing songs Mm. I love playing music but like playing live is something that I uh, you know I'd never have experience with so it's been a growing journey for sure but yeah, we all we we all kind of learned how to do what we do, like by playing with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. we learned how to sing together. We, you know, we we learned how to songwrite together. We grew up together. Like you learn how to play drums, yeah. like, by playing with us. Like we got better as guitarists and bassists. So it's it's been fun to grow together as a yeah. band. It's very heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the band name a little bit. So 
uh, from what I read, that it was a name of a friend of a friend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So how, what was it with that name that kind of like uh, resonated with you guys, made, kind of stuck and made you want to ape their name and <laughs> make it your band name? Well, I just, yeah, I met this girl at a party named Aviva, and um, I was like, wow, that's a beautiful name. And uh, I, I looked it up, and I think uh, it has, like, Hebrew roots and Latin roots mm. for, like, spring and rebirth. Like, it all had the, the – they both had uh, similar meanings. Those both uh, – the etymology of the word uh, or the name. And so, I don't know. It's It, it was something that kind of grabbed, like – my attention and I, I loved that it was a palindrome, you know, where you oh, could, yeah. like, you know, you could look at it backwards. It was, it's nice and short, one word, and like those one or two word band names always stuck with me. Like, yeah, you know, it's all like, Green Day, three <laughs> syllable, yeah, the three syllable, yeah, ideal. <clears throat> Not yeah. as much of a fan of Three Six Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, you know, Three Seven Mafia was our other band name. You know, yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't really pan yeah, too out. Too many syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, did Aviva ever find out that you named a band after her? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think her friend like told her, and like I, I think I added her on Facebook, and like I don't know. She uh, hopefully she's not like. I, I don't weirded think out. she was weirded out, but like I didn't even know her that well. But hopefully she's flattered by it. But I think I think I still invite her to some of our shows. Maybe. I don't think she lives around here. It's kind of those things that makes you wonder, like, what does Delilah know? <laughs> like, or like, the, what does she think about the song? You know, <laughs> what is? What's it like in New York City, Delilah? Yeah, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if she ever made it over well, there. Well, she she was actually Delilah is actually like married to some other dude. So I want to know what he thinks of the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like in the you're in the supermarket and you just hear this, "Hey there, Delilah." You're like, "Ah," <laughs> and she looks up with that little smile on her face and like, "Hey." You never write songs for me. <laughs> Honey, I make a million dollars a year. Well, he made like $10 million on that song alone. He made a stalkery song made, about me. You never write a stalkery song about me. I don't need to. I'm married to you. <laughs> um, so your self-titled debut... <coughs> Sorry about that. Self-titled debut album was released this year, um, and but you guys have been playing as Aviva since 2015 or so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what was uh kind of the journey there that you know you guys started as this band in 2015, and uh, wasn't until 2019 that I uh, got your your full your first full release out. Um, I know that um, at the time we didn't have any. Um, experience in recording at all. Yeah. Um, so our focus was w- we had all these different elements that we were throwing together. We have um, a lot of influences from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to say it now, one of those biggest influences is Rush yeah, and Neil Stewart. <laughs> Let the listeners know he's wearing a Rush t-shirt. Rush t-shirt. Oh, now. Yeah, Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace. That one Neil broke Peart. my heart. I read that. La- that uh, to kind of break the fourth wall, that happened last night as the, as the time of this recording. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very fresh, very, very yeah. fresh. Yeah, but um, yeah, we had influences like Rush, but then uh, you know Led Zeppelin, Tom Petty, uh, biggest influence on us, Red Hot Chili Peppers. But then oh, the yeah. Foo Fighters. Um, you know, Jason listens to a lot of hip hop music. Uh, we listen to a lot of indie, um, alternative rock, um, jazz, classical. I mean, we mm-hmm. just have all these influences together. So we are kind of just mixing it all together for a while <laughs> and trying to figure out how we wanted to kind of format everything 
Um, everything kind of has a hard rock edge to it, but with all those different influences together. Mm -hmm. So for a couple of years there, it was basically us just experimenting around until we found some, yes, until we found some cohesion, um, in blending all of that together. And and we were all learning how to do everything. Like, like we were saying, like, this is all a learning experience and like, we've, we've never been, um, like the longest we've been in a band is each other's band. So yeah. like yeah. it's it's all a learning process for us and uh, songwriting together, uh, deciding what songs to pick on a set list or yeah. ultimately end up on a CD. Like that's something we, we've been striving for, but we didn't really have the technology or the money at the time or uh, the skill set to really do it. But I think we had to go through all those experiences and troubles and and misfires yeah. <laughs> to like get to the quality that we came up, you know, to the to the finished product that we have today of our first album. So, how did that feel like when you guys finally got to that point when you had those those songs and like they were, you know, like okay, these are the ones that we're gonna put on the CD. Like, after, you know, after all that time, like uh, it had to be a little like nerve wracking. <laughs> like, is this is this the right thing? Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And we like we gave ourselves like. Uh, like a cutoff date, right? We're like, okay, yeah. by um, summer twenty nineteen. It was like by like August first. Like, yeah, we need to be like done with the album. Mm-hmm. So then we just kind of like we had like a Google spreadsheet open with like <laughs> like vocals need to be recorded this track and like guitar needs to be recorded here. And uh, we kind of, I mean, miraculously, we kind of made it like with like moments to spare. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was but, a lot uh, of self-discipline. and That's awesome to, to yeah. set, those, set the, those kind of deadlines for yourself uh, and stick to them. Yeah, it was. Um, so like these songs were just like a lot of them that we've been working on since we've, you know, some of them are like four or five years old, uh-huh. like or the, the origin of ideas are sometimes even older. Um, so this is something we've been churning like a lot, like almost uh, there's so many parts of this album that we deliberately just chipped away at, like where like certain notes or, or hits are very much intentional and came from playing live shows together. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was so when we got together and we're like, OK, let's record these songs, our strongest songs, it kind of it, it like it kind of came together pretty easily. Um I mean, not without its difficulties, but like, yeah, it's um, they were they were a long time. It was a long time coming. They were the clear choices for like the ones to put on the album and all that. Yeah, all all the all the sweat and tears have already we already went through that. So this was the supposed to be the fun part, but you know we learned that it's also very hard to record your first album and produce it yourself. That was a big undertaking that <laughs> we yeah. underestimated, but uh, but I'm so proud that we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you, the, it's a very accessible album. I feel like I feel like there there's something there that pretty much anybody could get some enjoyment out of. Uh, it's very um, it's just easy to listen to. I guess the best way to describe <laughs> Thank it. You. Uh, so why? And I I I feel like that was probably in, intentional. Like it didn't. It seemed like you were trying to be kind of ex- inclusive as far as just like um, the accessibility of it goes. It was, was that a uh, conscious choice on your guys' behalf? Yeah, so with that, like we were saying, with all these different styles and influences that we have, mm-hmm. like um, there are definitely some genres that we're inspired by that are yeah. a little bit uh, more abrasive, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit grittier and uh, maybe tougher to listen to for some people. But I think ultimately... Um, we always have had that pop sensibility where yeah. we mm-hmm. want 
to make the sound something that anyone can listen to and relate to um, in some way. Um, I know for me, um, definitely influenced by technical death metal, (laughs) those, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, black metal, those types of genres with everything, but then also bands like the Beatles. Sure. Um, and like I said earlier, like Tom Petty is a big influence on us as well. Um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Mm -hmm. those guys have always found a way to create like really Mm -hmm. strong hard rock music, but make it accessible for everyone so we always admired that and wanted to pull that through in our songwriting as well especially the red hot chili peppers i mean like you look at their old old music and it's just like this like insane like kind of abrasive (laughs) funk Uh, (laughs) punk funk kind of hybrid thing it's great uh but man they really found a way to kind of find that strike that balance and uh make some of the most like popular songs (laughs) for the last couple decades uh, while still staying true to that kind of style Exactly. There's something to be said about like just catchy hooks in general yeah. too. And like Paul's saying, it's you know it's prevalent in some of the favorite genres that we have. Whether it be strong rock or metal riffs that that count as kind of a hook to the song, or pop choruses, or hip hop uh, hooks, or, or grooves, yeah, or, or grooves. You know, those. There's something that yeah, it's that accessible point that makes people want to like. Um, I don't know, sing along. Or, it's cool that you yeah. guys, you know, have this kind of uh, group where you can kind of just bring those weird ideas and, and yeah. kind of work them into it. Uh, it's pretty awesome. But let's hear a song. I want to hear a song. All right. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, uh, what is this first song that you guys will be showing us called? Um, should we listen to the single first? Ooh. Ooh. The single? Or, or do we want to, like, kick it off with something punchy? Yeah, punchy. okay. Let, let's give them something punchy. We'll go, uh, let's go Cognizant. Cognizant, yeah. Track two on the album. Awesome. Uh, what's the song about? Frank. <laughs> um, yeah, so it started with, it was like, it was cool. It was like a hybrid riff. Like, I think you had the beginning of this riff on acoustic, I think. Like, it was. I, 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 had, I had written it on bass originally. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, uh, That's a drummer talking, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, yeah. It's cool because, like, it's a very, Thanks, like, Jason. <laughs> like, the main riff is a very collaborative, like, riff. And, no like, bitterness there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, like, half came from that bass idea and then half came from an idea that I just felt, like, just took it to like another level, like from from my taste. Yeah, and thankfully we all felt it. So a very heavy riff. Very well, heavy. My dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, the lyrics though, um, it's it's just like it's about a sense of when you like either when you learn something or when you start to understand something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like renewed um, kind of uh, not sense of hope. But it's 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 a feeling. It's trying to describe that feeling of like progressing in in life. Yeah. In a way. But uh it can be a powerful feeling. Like yeah. uh, especially if you learn something like and it's it's some sort of like breakthrough, like wisdom or something. Um and just trying to convey that Especially the end movement, like with the guitar solo. Uh, yeah. like I mean, that. This song is a great example of our collaboration of different styles, like that pop yeah. hook that we were talking about, and then that like harder side that we all have in us, that like that yeah, riffy that's... part, and like and the ending was born out of a jam out of the three of us. Yeah, the, that the, just the flowed the, out of us. Yeah, that <laughs> en- the ending part to this song, we literally <laughs> without planning 
came up with it on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason was really persistent on like, let's do a rock out ending. Yeah, and, I yeah. wasn't sold on the song until we jammed out that ending, and I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like. Early on, we had this like kind of running joke, like, "Oh, it'd be cool to do a music video at some point where it's like these kids playing Guitar Hero, and like that's the level." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, totally, That'd be like awesome. when I was like tracking guitar, like during the guitar solo, I was like, "Okay, what would be like a solo that I really like feel, but also I think would be super hard on Guitar Hero." <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. You know, there like, is a uh, there is a a game like a modded game that you can like plug songs right. into on the PC and. <laughs> that, We're oh, thinking yeah. about doing that actually. <laughs> that, that would be that'd <laughs> the be music a great video. Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so here is Aviva with Cognizant.
Yeah, baby. Holy crap. What a song. <laughs> that was Cognizant by Aviva. Um, we are now joined by, I'm still joined here by the, the wonderful trio that is Aviva. Uh, but now we are welcoming on our next guest. Uh, he's a police officer who's working on a hot case uh, that he's got an update for us for. I don't even, I'm not mm. sure what the hot case is. Um, but yeah. his name is Detective DeVito. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. Welcome, Detective DeVito. Hello, Detective. Hello. Detective. Yeah. Hi. Sorry to break in on you guys like this during your little radio hour here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm looking. I'm not going to hide anything from you guys. Okay. I'm looking for some information about a uh, Professor Wilshire. There's an apparent suicide over the past couple weeks, and I uh, oh, was wondering if you guys had any information about it. Uh, suicide. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, I've. I, I've certainly not heard anything. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obviously. I don't even know who that is, Professor Wilshire. She's a professor, the chairman of the philosophy department. Uh, chairwoman, sorry. Uh, of the philosophy department yeah. over at the local college. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't be so hard on School yourself. Craft. You're kind of like rubbing your forehead and really embarrassed it's, that you said uh, It's a little embarrassing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty obviously a suicide, but, you know, I've got to do all these routine checks with sure, everybody that knows sure. her. So. Uh, well, I don't think any of, did it, did any of you guys know professor, uh, Professor Wilshire? Um, I, I know for a fact that Frank knows really? her very well. <laughs> yeah. And he was not happy with her in recent times. Really? So, wow, you're really throwing him under wow. the bus, huh? What? We have yeah. a we have a police officer here, <laughs> yeah. right? You know that? Well, Frank, yeah. is this uh, is this true? Um, I I did know her. She's a wonderful woman. Uh huh. Mm. Um, no, that doesn't line up with my investigation. Oh, wonderful. No. Oh. Woman. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You you from what you understand? Well, from she's my not understanding, good, everybody kind of just thought she was a bitch. Whoa! All right, hey, look, we don't talk like this. I, we, I mean, Sorry, it's you technically can swear, but detective. Talk. I don't. We don't. We don't insult people, especially not the dead. I'm not. I'm just. It's just. I'm just quoting things from my notepad here. Oh, that I'm well, assuming. you could paraphrase. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. So, yeah. Well. Uh, so Frank, you you did know Professor Wilshire? Uh yes, yes. We used to play. Um, Games of... Oh, they used to play games. <laughs> wow, you hear that, Detective? So you were close. <laughs> we used to play um, racquetball at the uh, the local gym we both attended. Yeah. Didn't and, didn't uh, didn't you find her body at a racquetball court, Detective? That's right, actually. I don't know how you knew Why do you that. know so much about this case, Paul? That's very suspicious wow. that you would know that. We haven't released what that finding was. Yeah, he was talking to me about it uh, beforehand. Who? Who? Detective. Me? Johnson. Detective Johnson? That fucking loudmouth son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I forgot about the swearing. No, you can just... swear. It just, I, I, don't, I don't like you, Fuck. Well, you don't like calling <laughs> women uh, derogatory terms. Well, I mean, it's not my words. It's the words of whoever I was interviewing. You were just, whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> so wait, so you, so wait, okay. We're blowing this case wide open. Yeah. So Paul, first of all, you're in, you're in the know on this case. Yes. And you've been talking, how do you know Detective Johnson? Uh, so when I was coming in, um, I ran into him while I was trying to park there. Um, mm. He asked me if I was going to be part of this interview. Uh-huh. Uh, so we wanted to just kind of, you know, give me a little bit of background information and ask me a couple questions before we came in. The son of a bitch has no idea about police protocol. I have to have a talk with Johnson wow. about this. You don't get along with Johnson? No. Why? 
Because he blabs about the case. He blew up my whole freaking interview situation oh. here. Well, well let, let's, let, I mean, there, there's still information. I mean, now you have somebody who's got some knowledge on it. You have someone, you, I mean, <sighs> you, you have someone here you didn't even know was, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to well, go ahead I did and say know. It. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to say you're a potential suspect. Yeah. I mean, you, you, were, you were in the vicinity of her, right? Well, I did know, and I was going to keep that a secret <laughs> until Johnson... Fucking blab to people in the room. I, di- I didn't know Frank played racquetball for the record. <laughs> I mean, I'm known to destroy people at racquetball, but not in that way. Oh, so she, oh. Yeah. I, I did. I remember destroy people. Is that? Do you guys hear that? Destroy uh, yeah, people. Right, I'm, I'm taking way. a note of that. Not, not, a cop. not in that way. Plays games with her. Destroys people. Frank. Uh, well, no, go ahead, detective. I don't, so, don't want to step on your toes. Like, why don't you go ahead and, uh, so and have your discussion? What was, uh, when was the last time you saw her at the racquetball court? When was your last game together? Um, it was about a week ago. About a week ago. On Friday okay. night. Mm-hmm. All right. When did she pass? She passed Saturday morning. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh. Where did you see her at? Yeah. Uh, we met up for our... Our intramural racquetball league. Okay. So you were already at the racquetball. Yeah. All right. So you guys just met up there. Did you see her leave that uh, evening? Um, actually, no. You didn't see her leave? No. Was she with anyone else? You know? Yeah. Yeah. She was with her friend, uh, Monica. Monica. Mm-hmm. 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 Monica was yeah. a close friend. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just left. You just went home. Where were you? I, I went home to uh, watch my favorite new TV show, The Mandalorian. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy can't be bad. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it personally. Is there murder in The Mandalorian? I would say so, yeah. I think there might be <laughs> some. A lot, actually. Yeah. There's there's death, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a murderer on a racquetball court in, in space. <laughs> yeah. Space I'm pretty sure. Court. And then mm. Baby Yoda's watching or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 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 Do you have a history of violence, Frank? <laughs> oh no, no way. No, no way. you've never punched I, anybody before. No way. Mm. Um. Okay. One time. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. But I was I was playing baseball That's in little fine. league. That's so it was another sports yeah. related <laughs> violence. Yeah. Violence. Yeah. Uh, so wait, you were playing baseball in little league, and what happened? You know, I was trying to. Steal home plate, uh-huh. and I was playing football. We're at the risky same move, time. first of all. Mm-hmm. So I played football previously, so I was kind of like accustomed to you know giving the forearm shiver aggression. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, that's right. So I I did punch the catcher to try to get to home plate, mm-hmm. and uh, but that's the only time. So, it, violence, violence from a young age. Interesting. Didn't he go into a coma after that? <laughs> we don't like to talk about that, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're under oath. Man. I don't know why you guys are laughing. This is very serious business. No, it's it's no, that's it's it's nervous, nervous yeah. laughter. That's understandable. I see it a lot in my profession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you where you were? So he's talking so to Paul. Now. I'm talking to Paul. I don't know anyone's name. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, I was in Grand Rapids. I was mm-hmm. uh, visiting family, so yeah. I wasn't anywhere near anyone we could call to verify your yeah. alibi. You could call. Uh, you call my wife. You mm. call her parents. No, you're married. Her brother. Mm-hmm. I'm married. Mm. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. He didn't know Professor Wilshire, I don't think. Did I did not. No. no. He knows only, a lot only, about the murder. Only, only through Frank. Um, Frank, he doesn't usually talk poorly 
about other people, but he was not a fan. Yeah, I thought, I thought you said you got along with her. I thought you said you liked her, Frank. Uh, you know, on the court, cordial. We are, mm. oh, you know, we're racquetball opponents. Uh, mm. But off the court, you know, what uh, uh, what what did uh, what did he tell you um, a couple weeks ago about uh, Professor Wilkshire Jason? I, I thought I overheard him saying something to you about her. Um, I don't know. I, I thought he he's saying that he just found her really attractive. Mm. <laughs> like is even you know they they fought a lot, but you know he he seemed angry about her at times. Mm. But I, I think it's that love hate relationship. Mm. Um, mm. that that fire mm. that Frank always has in him. That, yeah. yeah. That, Frank, yeah. did you make love to Professor Wilshire? Were you lovers? Answer the question, Frank. Answer the question. Plead the fifth. Whoa. On that question. All right. He he threw out the fifth. How many times can you do that in an interrogation? Uh, I can do that one time. Okay. <laughs> so all I have to do is ask the question again. So where are you, uh, where are you lovers with Professor Wilshire? Oh, my God. Take this phone call for a quick one sec. Who is that? Who's he talking uh, to? Jason Paul, do you guys know, was he, was he intimate with Professor Wilshire? Um, Did you ever bring if, up a lover? Uh, Frank usually keeps that stuff kind of quiet, but he mm. definitely had some, uh, there was definitely attraction there. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know if she shot him down yeah. or, I don't know. Yeah, shot guys, him down. You guys heard rumors, right? I mean, it's a small college, it's a small town. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to keep quiet about these things. Yeah, I mean, I know she did have relations from what I hear, mm. at least, you know, through the grapevine, that uh, yeah. she did have relations with other students previously. Uh, students. Um, yeah, yeah sure. other uh, students on the racquetball court. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. That That's really all I know. I just know Frank had some negative, hurtful feelings towards her. Okay. And... Um, that he was also attracted to Frank, her. are you aware, uh, were you the only lover that <laughs> Professor Wilshire was seeing at the time? Could you, is it possible that you found another, found out she was also seeing someone else? She was involved with... Was it Monica? Did, <laughs> did this make with, you upset? With Monica's uncle. Mm-hmm. Oh. Robert. How old was he? He was, he was older. He was, he just collected Social Security, so I think he was like, uh, sixty-two. Sixty-two. Yeah. 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 Okay. That okay. checks out. All right. How'd that make you feel? Were you upset? Uh, I, you know, I just, I just respected it and mm-hmm. just, uh, you know. Took out my frustrations on the racket court. You, <laughs> you took. He oh. said, "I okay. took out my frustrations on the racket court, on the racket where court. where oh, she court. committed suicide." That's, um, mm. I don't know if you know this, Frank, but that's where we found her dead. <laughs> it's a little suspicious. Um, Frank, what are you doing after this interview? <laughs> I'm fleeing the country. Yeah, you might need to cancel those plans. I think uh, you might need to cancel that. <laughs> I think we should go downtown. Is take a, a little ride. Yeah, is your precinct actually downtown? Yeah, it is actually. Really? Yeah. Wow. Where is that at? It's, uh, it's right on uh, Kniff oh. and uh, Campo. Is that oh. right next to the racquetball court? Yeah, it's right next to uh, 
There's a racquetball court, and then there's a book suey. It's right there. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Downtown Hamtramck. Oh, yeah, downtown <laughs> Not, not downtown Detroit. Not downtown Detroit. Um, do you ever play racquetball, Detective DeVito? Uh, back in my day. Yeah. No. I held my own, I think, on the court. No, ever since you know? the knees gave out. Yeah, right? the yeah, knees. Yeah. Getting old sucks. Don't let anyone tell you different, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, Be kind to your knees. So Frank, I, I'm kind of I'm worried because you know you're in a band that I really like, and I don't want you to go away for murder. Well, he's just uh, under suspicion. It's uh, well, I I, yeah. I want I want to give Frank a chance to kind of explain himself and uh, and to, g- to give his that. last I guess argument of or I guess uh, alibi. Yeah. Like why? I know you went home. You say you went home. You watched The Mandalorian. Yeah. So uh, which episode did you watch? I watched. No spoilers for anything past episode five, please. Because yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that was the last one I watched. I watched The Prisoner. So it's episode six. six yes, I think. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened in that one? No. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. You're under uh, oath. <laughs> Although my brother told me that's the first episode of the the show he didn't like, so I'm worried. Man, did you like that? Did you like that episode? Loved it. Okay, I loved cool. It, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. My brother's just a piece of shit then. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, right? <Ray. laughs> Uh, Is that the one with Bill Burr? I mean, yeah. I don't know oh, how. Yeah, I don't know how anyone could. Yeah. I mean, I mean that entire show so far has just been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I'm like not even. I'm I'm like a decent Star Wars fan. Like I, I enjoy. I I enjoy all the movies. Even mm-hmm. if you put on the Phantom Menace, I'm gonna watch it and be fine. Yeah. You know, for the most part. I love the pod racing. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, that is fun. It's fun, uh, but, fun for the whole family. But I gotta say, Mandalorian has made me like obsessed <laughs> with, yeah. with Star Wars. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, and I, I started watching Star Wars Rebels as well. I've been the uh, yeah, animated I, show. Yeah, yeah, it's made me want to watch. Oh, I want to watch Clone Wars. Oh, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah. another one I've been yeah. wanting. So to. Dave Filoni from Mandalorian mm-hmm. is like one of the showrunners for that. Oh, and it's it's got like a very like similar consistency and vibe. Yeah, it's just animated. John but Favreau so good. did a good job with that. He's someone that, yeah. like, sorry to, say, to halt your investigation. Yeah. <laughs> <in> this conversation. <laughs> no problem. John Favreau, like, he's been kind of, you know, like, he made Iron Man, the Iron Man movies, which, you know. Made the Jungle I, Book. I'm kind of not the biggest fan mm-hmm. of the, those ones. The Iron Man one is fine, but two is, actually, I think three might be the best one out of that, and not a lot of people agree with that, but yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's, a, it's a rare opinion, but yeah. I, I actually really, I rewatched it recently, it's and pretty I really, really like it. Um, but yeah, he made The Lion King, and I, yeah, I hated that movie And so The Jungle much. Book. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's the same thing. But anyway. Anybody so watched you... Chef? That's my favorite Jean Favreau movie. Chef? Yeah. Mm. He... He like made this movie about like becoming a chef. Like his character, he's also in the movie as the main character. Hmm. And it's like an allegory with him in the film industry, oh. and like how he he did like a big project, which is the equivalent of Iron Man. Is like he worked at a big restaurant, and then he wanted to go small time work for a food truck and work on his passion project, which is uh, you know kind of meta because that's Chef the movie. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson's in it. Uh, it's it's very food focused. Uh, yeah. It's it's a great movie. So a movie. lot of nudity in the movie. That movies. sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just tons of nudity. Oh, Scar okay. Scar Joe just bears it all. Let me write this one down. John yeah. Favreau is just not wearing. He's, he's wearing a shirt but no pants. Yeah. <laughs> entire movie. If yeah. you want to see topless John Favreau, you got your movie right here, <laughs> Chef. That makes Bottomless. sense. Bottomless. It's a lot of food truck people just don't wear pants. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> Frank they're Frank they're is up. aggressively taking notes now. So Frank, so you. You, why would you not have killed Professor? Not like how, like don't give me your alibi as to where you were, but like what would? Why could you never have done this? 
I have an alibi. Okay. Professor's Instagram story. Uh huh. I'll show it to you guys right now. Uh huh. Yeah. As you mm-hmm. can see. Why do you have that saved on your phone? Those things only last twenty four yeah. hours. But <laughs> interesting. Okay. Interesting. She sent it to me in a message. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. not even a nude uh, one. Okay. Yeah. Slid to mm-hmm. DMs. Which is good. It's a good sign. Good yeah. sign that it's not nude. Interesting. What does Robert think of that? Who's Robert? Yeah, who's Robert? <laughs> it's uh, Monica's <laughs> uncle. Oh, right. Oh, keep up, everybody. Man, you should be the poli- yeah. you should be the investigator. Wow. Yeah. So she's so as you see, she's with Monica, and it's one thirty in the morning, and they are driving, listening to a song on the car stereo, and then I sent a response at the same timestamp from my house, and here's oh. the message I sent. So therefore, I was in a completely different location. Okay. I was watching Mandalorian. Oh. I promise. You know, I'm innocent, but she was heading to Robert's house. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it sounds like you have another suspect. Yeah, we've got another suspect. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd yeah. be I'd be pointing fingers too if I killed someone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, Paul, you're really out to get him. You're really out to get him. Paul, what are you doing after this? Yeah. <laughs> you seem you seem almost aggressively accusatory of, yeah. of Frank here. Ah, uh, Frank was uh, supposed to bring Reese's Puffs today. Oh. Yeah. Are you diabetic? So that's why you're not bringing him on the island. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm just hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, we got some Reese's Puffs down at the station if you want to come by. Yeah. Stop by. Happily. Yeah. Great. Happily. Great. I'm very hungry. Great. Well, this has been a happy ending. Great. <laughs> to a happy investigation. I'm going to need to see Frank and Paul down at the station. <laughs> We're good, Jason. Completely agree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the real murderers are getting. Oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to play another freaking song. Um, what's this next Aviva song called that you guys will be playing for us? Mm. Uh, OTU? This is a really pretty song. Um, it's going to be a, a pretty sharp contrast from uh, the murder investigation. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta take a breather a little bit. And yeah, cognizant. We got <laughs> yeah, our chill. last song. Yeah, we got to chill a little bit. Awesome. What's this one about? Uh, actually, so it, it's uh, initially it's it, it's actually cool because uh, both verses are written nearly ten years apart in this really? song. Really? Yeah. Wow. So the first verse is like came about in like two thousand nine around there, and then uh, so it was just a verse and a chorus, and it was kind of like at that time, you know, it was just an acoustic idea and. I was like a seventeen-year-old kid, like, um, and I was. It was kind of like looking forward to, you know, graduating high school and then going to college and things, and then like beyond that, and kind of having this fear of growing old, and like the uncertainty that comes with that, and kind of expressing that uh, lyrically. But then ten years later, it was like, it was like looking forward to the time that I was fearful about. Mm. And we revisited the idea. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. <laughs> and, was, and then it was cool looking back and like commenting again 10 years older and saying, oh, it's actually not bad at all. It's like actually boyhood, like, the song. Yeah, there's, yeah, like, there's yeah. a lot of great things to come <laughs> yeah. from like growing older and gaining wisdom that is and things. so cool. So yeah. that was like, <clears throat> I feel like that's such a cool yeah. part of the song. I'm yeah. very excited. And it, was, it was like an acoustic idea that, um, that Frank came to us with and it, we just, it really came alive 
when we started to record it. And that was like one of the more unfinished ideas. I mean, we had that verse chorus structure, but uh, the arrangement really came alive um, when the three of us hit the studio together. And I, I, I don't know. This is like um, one of the songs that I'm most proud of. Awesome. I think we we put a lot of work into the production and adding a lot of textural layers. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the the vocal harmonies are like some of my favorites on the whole album. Very nice. And then like the way the drums come in, it's so like tasteful. And then the bass comes in and the bridge. And oh yeah, like, and I play cello on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and cello. Jason, and Jason yeah, plays cello. Ooh, what a treat! <laughs> awesome. So here is Aviva with Ode to Youth.
beautiful stuff. Man, that cello. That is satisfying. Thank you. Thank <coughs> you. Uh, Very satisfying. Beautiful. Are you, are you crying over there, detective? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, yeah, it's effective. Very effective. Uh, so we have a very exciting segment for you guys. Uh, so we all know about Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Well, there's a member of the E Street Band who didn't get along so well with the rest of the E Street Band, including Bruce himself. And our friends over at BH1 have a brand new rock cock doc, the Glock spot about it. Uh, so what? <laughs> shut up, Danny. Uh, Wait, no, you're not Danny. Detective hey, DeVito. <laughs> that's not my name. <laughs> Danny DeVito. It happens all the time. <laughs> Let's take it away. No one could play the Glockenspiel like I could, and if I'm being honest. People aren't even on my level to this day. That's why I trademark Glock your socks off. Because that's what I do. People just hear my Glock, and I get naked. I don't know. <laughs> Danny Federici, one of the most prolific percussionists of all time. But according to the man himself, one of the most criminally underappreciated percussionists of all time. I'd have to say I was one of the most criminally underappreciated percussionists of all time. On today's episode of BH1 Rock Cock Docs, we sit down with the man behind the glockenspiel in Bruce Springsteen's band and hear what is sure to cause ripples of controversy throughout all of rock and roll music. I'm Sebastian Bach. Stay tuned. Bruce? Bruce never gave me credit where credit's due. Go back and listen to Born to Run. I dare you. Listen to Darkness on the Edge of Town. Nebraska, you think Born in the USA would have sounded anything but utter dog shit if it wasn't for my Glock Rock? Some would say he's an exuberant man who constantly caused infighting and drama within Springsteen's band. Bruce Springsteen's brother, Deuce Springsteen, gave us his account of a particular spat while on tour in the mid-80s. Yeah, so it was me, Bruce and Danny, sitting there at a bar after a show in Poughkeepsie, and Danny brought his fucking glockenspiel with him and was daring everyone to try and play it better than him. <laughs> so I sit at the bar, and everyone was up in arms about Bruce being there. He's ordering drinks for everyone, guys and girls, fans and critics. It's a party. <laughs> and I'm sitting there right next to the fucking guy with my glockenspiel like, Hey, hello, I'm Danny frickin' Federici for crying out loud. You see this clock? Here, let me play it for you guys. And he starts banging on the damn glockenspiel as if he didn't get his little, his fill during the show. And Bruce and I look at him like, Danny, can you relax, buddy? I don't know, I could barely hear him. <laughs> I, I think Bruce and his brother were telling me to calm down. <laughs> but I just kept playing my clock louder. That's when people started really noticing and complimenting me on my skills. The bartender asked the guy to stop playing like six times. Eventually the cops were called, and this crazy son of a bitch told the cops that he'd play his glockenspiel all night if he's so pleased. And they were like, is that a threat? Are you threatening an officer? And I was like, you're damn right it's a threat, you fucking piggies. Have you ever heard of music? Bruce ended up having to bail his dumb ass out, but not before Danny's cellmate shoved that glockenspiel right up his... Who told you that? Was it Gary? He wasn't even friggin' there. It's fake news. 
Springsteen's backup dancer at the time was a young, gorgeous Gary, who gained fame doing burlesque and go-go dancing in Jersey City. The bad blood between the two is still palpable today. I swear to God, Danny still has that glockenspiel lodged up his ass. Tune in this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Mountain Time to a rock cock doc that'll make you wonder if you even remember any glockenspiel in Springsteen's body of work. I'm tired of all the lies, all the revisionist history. I want my credit where it's due, Bruce. You've left me no choice. Yeah, baby. Good stuff. Hot oh, stuff, even. So good. Very hot stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, we're almost to the end of our show, but before we wrap things up, I have a we have a game that I want to play. Yes, we haven't played a game on the show in a long time, uh, but it's time to bring it back. It's time to make it happen, to, br- <laughs> to make it right, to make it beautiful. It's time for... Oh, I missed the button. <laughs> it's time for... Is it a thoroughbred racehorse, or is it a song from the 2005 Billy Idol album, Devil's Playground? I Yeah. Classic game. So, <clears throat> yeah, classic game. <laughs> so the way this game works, fellas, is if you... So I'm going to give you the name of something, and you have to determine, tell me... If it is the name of a thoroughbred American racehorse, or if it is the name of a song from the 2005 Billy Idol album, Devil's Playground. All right? Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have first round. Each of you guys will have one. And then whoever gets uh, makes it to the final. Uh, if you guys, if you get your answer wrong, you're eliminated. That's just the way it is. And whoever makes it will make it to the lightning round where you will have no time to think about it and work it out. Uh, You just got to go. Just got to go. And that will be a last man standing affair as well. Uh, Sound good? Sound easy? Sound difficult? (laughs) All right. Mysterious. (laughs) Great. Uh, That's exactly how we like it. I was born for this. One second. Just let me get things organized over here. Um, alrighty. Do, do, do. Boop, boop, boop. This tiny little screen, guys. This itty-bitty little screen. One moment. All right. Let's start with this side of the table. Jason. Yes. Your answer, your name, the name that you will be debating over, mm-hmm. is... Snaffy Dancer is this song the song of a thoroughbred the name of a thoroughbred racehorse or the name of a 2005 from a name from the album the 2005 album by Billy Idol Devil's Playground work it out think about it Snaffy Dancer Snaffy Dancer okay Mm -hmm. well that's tough Snaffy just sounds like a ridiculous name uh, so it, it feels like my instinct is to say racehorse, but mm-hmm. but then I don't know. But it's also like a dancer that also sounds like something that Billy Idol would talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But I have no idea what snaffy means, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with my instinct and say, uh, you know, 
uh, racehorse. That's absolutely oh, correct. Yes. Snaffy Dancer was a thoroughbred horse who was born in 1982, trained by John L. Dunlop. He was a first year first year he was the first yearling ever to sell for more than ten million dollars, uh, which is two hundred and six twenty six point two million dollars in current dollars. Yeah. He never raced and was reported to be a slow in training and was last reported to be on a farm in Florida. Wow. Hey. They gotta invest I in knew horses. That. <laughs> Next up, Frank. Your name is Plastic Jesus. Is it a thoroughbred racehorse or a song from the 2005 Billy Idol album Devil's Playground? Work it out. Talk to me. Um. You know, the album's called Devil's Playground. Yes. And Jesus is also somewhat of a religious reference. Uh-huh. So maybe that's like a, a theme of the album. Mm-hmm. So I might go with Billy Idol. Song from the 2005 Billy Idol album, Devil's Playground? Yeah. Technical difficulties, sir. That's absolutely correct. We are two for two so far. Awesome stuff. Good stuff, guys. All right. Uh, Next up, we have Detective DeVito. Mm -hmm. Detective DeVito, the name that you will be debating over is Lady Do or Die. Lady Do or Die? Is it a thoroughbred racehorse or a song from the 2005 Billy Idol album, Devil's Playground? I'm going to go uh, racehorse. Oh. Instant. It's a quick answer. Police yeah. instincts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're wrong. It's actually uh, a song from the 2005 Billy Idol album, Devil's Playground. Okay. Uh, it's track number 11, and this song and the rest of the album were produced by Keith Forsey, who produced many Billy Idol hits like White Wedding, Money Money, and Rebel Yell, uh, but also produced other hits like Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds, and of course, wrote the hit Pussycat Dolls, Hot Stuff, I Want You Back. <laughs> I also forgot to give the little right. tidbit about the Plastic Jesus. Sorry about that, Frank. Uh, that song, Plastic Jesus, is uh, from the 2005 Billy Idol album, Devil's Playground, of course. It is a track number five, and it is a cover of the song Plastic Jesus by Ed Rush and George Cromerly, which was written in 1957. It's been covered by artists such as The Flaming Lips, Jack Johnson, and Snow Patrol. Very nice. <clears throat> and last, and perhaps least... <laughs> But not. <laughs> but not. <laughs> we have Paul. Paul. So we have one limited, but all of Aviva's still in it. So you still have a you got a chance. You got a chance, Paul. Is so this your name that you will be deciding over is Flat Drunk. Is it a thoroughbred racehorse or is it a song from the two thousand five album by Billy Idol, Devil's Playground? Hmm. Flat drunk. Flat Or drunk. is it your uncle? Wow. Or is it Robert? Or is it Robert? Or is it Robert? Mm-hmm. So, my knowledge on Billy Idol and racehorses is not extent. Mm-hmm. It's not extensive. Um, <laughs> that to, was almost to me, as if that's the to conceit me, of the game. Yes. So, so to me, so to me, 
Um, if I were gonna name a horse, I would want to give him um, a more kind of triumphant kind of name. And that doesn't sound like that triumphant of a name to me. So I will say it is a Billy Idol song from Devil's Playground, the 2005 album. Oh. oh, so sorry, Paul. Uh, Flat Drunk is actually a thoroughbred racehorse who debuted at Keeneland in spring 2017. Mm, she Im- so. she impressed by winning her debut race, and she private was privately sold, and in a very rare happening, was renamed Bonneville Flats. In horse racing, it is considered bad luck to be uh, to rename a horse, and this was su- supplemented by her failure since she's only won a, one in eleven subsequent races. <laughs> mm. See, 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 they even <laughs> wanted to change the name. They knew it was a bad name. Yeah. Yeah. So we have two left in the lightning round. So uh, this, the way this will work is once I'm going to play the song, and at, once we go, I'm going to give you a name, and I'm going to point it. You guys are going to go back and forth. The first one to get it wrong loses, and then the, the other one is the winner. Okay. Cool? Yeah. All right. Here it is, guys. The lightning round. It's coming. It's it's coming. Play. <laughs> Those YouTube intros with the long, long intros. <laughs> there we go. Dun, 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 dun. Just for off to the races. All right, Jason. Yes. Hoof-hearted. Hoof-hearted. Uh, horse. Yes. Uh, Frank, I'll have another. Horse. That's correct. Charlie. Or Cherie. Cherie. Uh, Billy Idol. They're both right, so yes, you're correct. (laughs) (laughs) Super Overdrive. Frank. Billy Idol. That's correct. Yelling at the Christmas tree. Jason. (laughs) Billy Idol. That's correct. Midnight Loot. Frank. Horse. That's correct. <laughs> Body Snatcher. Uh, Billy Idol. That's correct. Panty Raid. Frank. Billy Idol. Oh, oh no! no! <laughs> <laughs> Panty Raid is the name of a thoroughbred racehorse. Well, well, for a while, did you have like any more? <laughs> I, I had like a couple. Were... I had a couple uh, okay. more, but I was starting to get worried. <laughs> <laughs> You guys were really, you guys were really in tune on that. That was a tricky one. Panty raid sounds like it would definitely be the name of a Billy Idol song, and I did check, and it's not. Uh, so, wow, great job, you guys. Well, uh, Jason, you are the winner of the game. Uh, you yes. win this uh, deed to uh, the thoroughbred racehorse, uh, your mom, but not the one you're thinking of. Oh, thank you so much. I've always wanted a thoroughbred horse. And that is how you play Thoroughbred Racehorse or the or a song from the 2005 <laughs> Billy Idol album Devil's Playground. Yeah. Yeah. What a day. What a show. Uh, thank winning. you guys all so much for being on the show today. Where can people find more from Aviva? Uh, you can check us out on Instagram um, at, at uh, Aviva. Detroit. I had to think about that for a second. A V I V A Detroit. Um, we have a Facebook, but no one uses Facebook anymore. Mm. Uh, <laughs> if you go to viva.band, uh, type that into your little browser, and uh, it'll take you to a portal. 
into any world you want. That includes Spotify, YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, uh, news about us, literally everything you want. Just go to Aviva.band and it'll take you there and you can listen to our music for free or yeah. or you can pay for it. You, Always fun to pay. You sc- <laughs> scrubs, come on, pay for it. <laughs> and uh, Detective DeVito, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, there's a little uh, play that's opening in the uh, Rosedale Community Theater, Rosedale Community Players. Uh, it opens at uh, end of January. Mm-hmm. The exact so date splits my mind, but uh, <laughs> you should check it out. You should check it out. Awesome. Google it. Well, thank you guys all so much for being on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, what is this last song that you'll be showing us called? Uh, so the last song is "Talk to Me." Talk to me. Our lead single. Yeah, this seems to this seems to be the one that everyone knows um, and everyone universally just loves from us. Uh, we actually um, had it played on ninety three nine The River Ooh. recently, um, thanks Dan McDonald. Um, but yeah, um, it's a uh, pretty like Tom Petty ish kind of song. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, and then for some reason we put it at the end of the album. So <laughs> come check it out on uh, Spotify. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you guys all so much for being on the show today. Uh, we will be back next week with Jared Scott Morin, the new artistic director of Planet Ant, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, so for now, here is Aviva with Talk To Me. Bye. Show you a better man who I was
Michael Brave Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Amp Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Right.